What's up, everybody? We have 10 minutes here with Nick Loffenberg to discuss kind of the difference, if you will, between maybe a regular recreational long-range shooting rifle scope and a competition PRS rifle scope or something like that. Nick himself does shoot PRS matches, as you've probably heard in some of our previous 10-minute talks and podcasts. And uh, Mark and I are rather recreational long-range shooters at times. Uh, but I know I spend a lot of time on the forum forums representing Vortex and uh, the Reddit land as well. And I see many, many times somebody comes on, they're a new shooter, they say they're going to be shooting long-range. Sometimes to them, that might even be 500 yards. It's not even 1,000. But they say they're going to be shooting long range, and they ask for suggestions, and immediately the internet comes in droves saying, first focal plane or die. If you don't have a zero stop, it's a paperweight. You know, if you don't have 34 millimeter tubes or bigger, then you're going to be running out of adjustment at 300 yards. I mean, crazy things like this. You need this. You need this. Best optical quality. And next thing you know, this person who just kind of thought maybe uh, I can get some help and I might try this sport out is being recommended a twenty five hundred dollar rifle scope. You know, yeah. completely overwhelmed. They gave up. They're going golfing. Exactly. Actually, there's probably, <laughs> there, you know, I say that there's probably as much stuff to golfing as well. Oh, oh, God, what club yeah. do I need? Oh, no. geez, here we go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, we brought Nick along here. Nick, what are what are some of the things I guess that for a regular long range shooter that they should be looking at as the bare minimums? And then as you kind of progress into this competitive lifestyle, uh, what are some of those features that that really start to make a rifle scope designed for that arena shine? And, and Well, the first thing I always tell everybody who said they're just getting into it is establish goals and then know your equipment and what you're trying to achieve with that equipment. Um, so if we, if we look at maybe the average guy who thinks he's going to get in the long range shooting, he just wants to dip his toes in the water. Maybe he's a, well, 500 yards. That's that's as long as I can reach out to. I mean, that's a lot. That's a way, way longer. I've ever shot. Uh, to that guy, that might be long range. And to get an optic to achieve that goal, you don't need to buy a Gen 2 Razor or an AMG. Mm-hmm. Um, they're wonderful. They'll get the job done extremely well. Um, but, you know, this is probably overkill for that guy. Uh, you have on, What do you have right here? Again? Yeah, this gun over here, I've got a Diamondback Tactical 4-16. It's got a. Uh, it happens to be first focal plane, which is what you shot in the Vortex stream. That exact rifle. It is. It? Yeah, I've shot. Yeah. This is actually the first time I ever shot out to twelve hundred yards. I did it with this exact rifle exactly. and scope on a six five Creedmoor Ruger American, and uh, it's got good turrets and yep. it's got a good reticle. Yep. And it yeah, dials same well. reticle that was in our Gen two Razor until last year. Yeah. So and it dials well. Very proven. Definitely a very proven reticle, and the, the system, it just proves itself. I mean, you said you just went out to 1,200 yards at the Vortex Extreme, which that's a long ways. That that's a long, I don't care who you are. That's still a long ways. I mean, obviously with modern advances and people doing ELR and stuff, we're pushing way and way further past that. But, I mean, that's that's kind of a lot of people's goal when they get into this type of shooting discipline is the mythical 1,000 yards. Oh, yeah. It's um, and once, you know, you're, you're kicking the crap out of that at 1,200. So, and that's a, what, $450? What What is that right? Oh, it's, uh, it's $350. $350 or something like that. Yeah. Somewhere so around there. That just goes to show what you can accomplish for not a lot of money. You know, so now when you consider that, maybe you want a couple other features. Something that scope does not have is a locking turret system, which you have on the Gen 2 Razors uh, and the AMG and the LTEC system. You also have... Um, uh, in that system, you have a revolution indication in the Gen 2 Razor. This one's kind of an, uh, I would say, almost odd, but very unique. As you dial up your elevation, you have a little knob kind of pop out there to indicate how many revolutions you have dialed mm-hmm. in. Yeah, like on this scope, when I was dialing out at the extreme, I had to be very conscientious of how many times I dialed it. And after I was done shooting, before going on to the next stage, mm-hmm. I always had to dial it back to zero 
And uh, it doesn't have a zero stop, so that's another nice thing yep. to have when you're sort of in the heat of competition, if you will. Absolutely. But uh, a couple times I had to do what I call the reverse zero stop, which is I actually knew that I had two exact full revs available to me. Mm-hmm. So if I didn't remember if I was on the first or second rev, I just dial it until I bottomed <laughs> it out. And I said, well, I know if I go two, from, two back yep. from here, I'm on zero. It, that's actually functioning much like a zero stop it's, or a, a zero uh, locating system, I guess is a good way <laughs> <Yeah>. of saying it. Um, but that is, I mean, that's a drawback, and, but it's also one of the reasons why that scope doesn't cost near as much money as a scope. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of th- reasons why in, in features and, and levels of quality, tolerances, there's just a ton of things that make up one of, the, one of the wonderful things I've always loved about Vortex, even before I started working here, is the fact that we have something for everybody. Right. If you want to spend, you know, we got $2,500 here in the Gen 2, or I'm sorry, just the AMG. Uh, that's a 6 to 24 by 50, but that one is made right here in Wisconsin. Uh, whereas this right here is a Japanese-made optic, the Gen 2 Razor. It's been one of the uh, one of the leading rifle scopes in the Precision Rifle Series in the NRL for a long time. Um, extremely durable, very proven. And um, and this one right now actually got a price decrease last year at CHOT Show, but this is $2,000. Um, that's way outside of a lot of people's budgets. But yeah. mm-hmm. most people can afford $350, and they get a lot accomplished for that money. Yeah. Well, in some of these things, too, you, took a, you take a look at this Diamondback Tactical first focal plane, right? If a person's goal is to just, I want to shoot long range, right? Maybe, maybe I'm not doing PRS where you're in the heat of battle or you're doing rapid engagements and multiple shots. They just want to shoot. You, mm-hmm. You're not, I think you're less inclined to forget what rev you're on or, mm-hmm. or make some sort of, uh, you know, unintended yeah. adjustment in the heat of battle to yeah. where... Or if you make a mistake, it's like... Yeah. Oops. Okay, I can fix right. that. I got time to figure you know, it out. Not I don't, a, not a grave know. mistake, but if you just kind of you know, you know didn't dial quite right, you can always just send another one. Yeah, yeah. You don't have like a, a plane ride involved and whatever. Yeah. So yeah, if you uh, if you had to boil it down, or I know I know what I usually tell people if I had to boil it down, if I'm looking for a very just general recreational fun shooting long range scope that I don't want to spend a boatload on, mm-hmm. I'd say as long as you have exposed turrets or at least an exposed elevation turret that Mm -hmm. dials well that Mm -hmm. has a reputation for dialing well and a reticle that has hash marks in either moa that match the turret and moa turrets or mrad that match the turrets with mrad turrets Mm -hmm. you know not i'm basically referring to like not a bdc essentially if you have those two things that's kind of the bare minimum yeah and those are and you can get away with even less than that yet, but I think that to get yourself started, it doesn't cost much money to get into a scope that has those features right. and to give you just, I would say, an accelerated level of success without much effort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like one, one of the ones that I recommend very often, and it's actually a second focal plane optic, is the uh, Viper HST. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The 6 to 24 by 50 is a wonderful optic. It has a elevation. Um, or revolution indication does not have a zero stop. It has a shim system that does limit your revolutions in the downward direction, so you can very easily locate your zero. That, from a functionality and just getting the job done standpoint, is excellent. When I was in mil LE sales, I can't tell you how many military sniper or um, law enforcement snipers were actually using that exact same optic because of its durability. And it's uh, the feature set. Nice. And, mm-hmm. and a, any department can afford one. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, and the price point. You know, it's price a very feature-rich scope. Like you said, it's got a great reputation for tracking true. Yep. And it doesn't kill you in your pocket. Would you say that at once, let's say now you graduate to the competitive side of things or whatever, you sort of probably have to keep, or I should say you should keep the same requirements as you did for the more recreational, fun shooting. Mm-hmm. But then as you get into some more sort of borderline let's call them requirements for this kind of shooting would you say that the 
the only additional thing, or maybe you have other additional things, is first focal plane. Like that's kind of first focal plane is a big thing. It's still not a hundred percent necessary. Where, where first focal plane really comes in, especially you know, if you take me for example, I'll I'll use an example that I use very often. Uh, this rifle scope is a six, uh, four and a half to twenty-seven by fifty-six. Um, four and a half bottom power, 27 on the top power. In most matches, I'm shooting between 12 and 15 power. I might stretch up to 18 sometimes. I really only use 27 power. If I maybe have a, a really tiny target that's beat up and I can't see it very well, I'll zoom in. Mm. Um, but I do that because I can utilize a larger field of view and, and more quickly transition from target to target or after recoil, being able to watch my trace in the air a lot easier. There's a lot of things. It's a little bit more forgiving to get behind and see the image yeah. when you're on a lower mag, too. Exactly, and that's one of the reasons why super high magnification is kind of, almost, I don't want to say unnecessary, but you can get a lot accomplished with 20 power. Um, yeah. That's why our, our 5 to 20 Razor Gen 1 was so very popular. It had enough to get the job done, and it was extremely durable and very reliable. You know, if we look at uh, just the general feature set of something like the Gen 2 Razor, it does have a larger magnification range. It has a locking elevation and windage turret, has illumination, and it has a, a zero stop. It has a revolution indication. It's got first focal plane. Um, and again, where I was kind of going with the first focal plane, I could not utilize those numbers in the way, or the reticle in the way that I do if this is a second focal plane optic because. Mm-hmm at varying different magnifications, that reticle subtension is going to be different. Yeah, right. In the middle there. Yeah. Gotcha. Where is first focal plane coming into play for you? Like, what type of shooting scenario are you like, yep, this is an asset? For me, uh, any type of tactical field match or anything where speed is definitely uh, a requirement, I think it's 100% necessary, in my opinion. You don't like, have to like speed zoom out? Is- far as like rapid engagements like firing multiple shots in rapid succession yep you don't have to where i might change my magnification throughout the course of fire or just from stage to stage i need first focal plane so that i don't have to do any math to think about okay where am i within that scale now yeah zoom out to find the target and then zoom all the way in to mm-hmm. actually use your reticle subtensions if need be or then you're yeah. dialing your turrets a lot more potentially with a second focal plane if you aren't using your reticle it just you're doing things that would take more time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a concentration. That's a big thing. Now, if you're doing um, ELR or bench rest or F class, first focal plane is not necessary in any way, shape, or form. True. Yeah. Um, just because you're, it's just not something you need to utilize. Uh, mm-hmm. it, you're, you know, depending on the like, if you look at our Golden Eagle, for instance, the 15 to 16 subtensions at was it 40 or 45 power? I can never remember, but 45. 45, yeah. And, um, but if that we have two options, we have the SCR and the ECR reticle, and only one of them even has subtensions on it because right. for that discipline, it's not 100% necessary. Mm-hmm. And they actually use the target yeah, as subtensions. The, exactly. The, the target has subtensions on it. Correct. So your reticle doesn't have to have subtensions on yep. it. Well, we hit we hit ten minutes already. Man, these things oh, always that was fly really by. fast. But <laughs> yeah. we're going to give you guys some bonus minutes here because Nick did also have one other interesting consideration that I thought uh, I I actually never thought of before, or I'd thought of just not as uh, as intricately as he had. You actually worked out how much travel the scopes had in them, and then that came into play with determining how capable your rifle could be with that scope on it. Yeah. So can you go into explaining what you, you have a full on list of numbers here. Yeah. Yeah. I filled up a sheet pretty quick today. Um, (laughs) I, I took three rifles, for example, I got my six, five here, which is kind of, um, uh, you could use it for a, a field match or something like the vortex extreme where it's a little bit more weight conscious. You have the AMG on top still. 
uh, an outstanding system. This is shooting um, one. I, I got my my data here with a 147 ELD match at 2,700 feet per second. Um, this rifle right here, this is a six Creedmoor, uh, shooting a 108 ELD match at uh, 3,030 feet per second. Mm -hmm. And then I put my my 22 trainer on here, just mm -hmm. because there's a lot of people getting into like the NRL 22 games, and and it's really nice to know what type of distance you could theoretically get uh, mm -hmm. with with your uh, rifle versus uh, optic setup. So if you look at the Gen 2 Razor, which is, you know, it's been popular for a very long time um, and in the competition market especially, uh, it just continues to either, you know, continue its popularity or even grow now with the addition of the EBR-7C reticle. With my 22 shooting a 140 grain at uh, 10 or 1,080 feet per second. Oh, was it 140 grain 22? Yep. I'm sorry, 40 grain 22. Okay. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> what the? What? Yeah, that'd be a, that's be something I don't even know about. That is the 22... The 22 heavy? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so this optic, for your turret system, you get 28 and a half mils of elevation adjustment. That's top uh, to bottom. That would be actually from top to bottom, that has actually got 33 mils of elevation adjustment. The, the okay. uh, LTEC system, one of the reasons why it is so durable and so reliable is the way that system functions. Uh, and with that uh, zero-stop engage, you do get 28.5. Okay, um, got it. Now, 28.5 mils, if we consider half that elevation adjustment and then adding on the additional cant of a 20 MOA base, which is what I use on most of my rifles. Mm -hmm. So with, that's assuming that you're zeroed somewhere in the middle of the scope, hopefully, with yep. 20 MOA cant built in. So that's going to change it a little it's bit. It's an ideal scenario. Mm -hmm. um, you could have some barrel run out, um, you know, which would cause you to have different amounts of elevation adjustment required to achieve your zero. But in this case, uh, with my 22, I'd be able to get out to roughly 430 yards with this rifle. Okay. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, with this scope. If I were to take that same uh, same rifle and put a Gen 1 razor on it, which has a 35-millimeter tube and allows a lot, a little bit larger elevation adjustment, I'd be able to get out to about 440. So really not a dramatic difference. Now, mm -hmm. the, being that the Gen 1 razor has... Uh, larger elevation adjustment, I'd be able to add more and more cant into my base and still be able to get out further and further. Mm -hmm. uh, with the AMG, it'd be about 390 yards, and with a Gen 2 PST, 5 to 25, it'd be about 350. So 350 yards is still... Still a poke, a poke with a 22. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez. No, it's a long way. But let's say you have an NRL match where you know a target's going to be at 400. Right. I mean, yep. you could go on and, and still, use your reticle absolutely. still. Yeah. So you have some yep. uh, more adjustment for you in the reticle, but if you want to be able to dial and shoot off center, then... It's really nice to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, and it reticles, like, especially like the 7C reticle, if you look at the design of that reticle um, across that horizontal stadia, it's really geared for having very refined wind holds, where if you start dropping into that lower pyramid, it's not quite as refined. So being able to dial your full elevation adjustment is a sure, great thing. Sure, that makes sense. Yes. Nice. Yeah, and if you, if you look at you know my, my uh, 6.5 here, which is probably the most efficient for stretching out as far as your bullet's really going to go, I'm able to get out to uh, 1,710 yards with this with uh, this setup as it is. Okay. With Actually, no, I'm sorry, 1,760 with this particular setup. With the AMG on So there. right to a mile with that, yeah. Likely a little bit longer than with the Gen 2 Razor, yeah. and then even so with the Which, Gen 1 Razor, and that's kind of the, the pattern developing yeah. there. Which is a mile is a it's very <laughs> long ways. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's really the kind of recap things on my end, my, my personal outlook on what you need to achieve your job is what is your goal um, if you want to get to that one mile marker you know you, you need to make sure you have the rifle for the job and then if obviously the optic for the job 
if your goal is 500 yards, you know, really only pick what you absolutely need to achieve your goal, what you think you might goals may end up being. Mm -hmm. Cool. So there you have it, folks. Uh, I think that's a very sensible way of looking at it and hopefully a less intimidating way of looking at it. Because if everybody, every time you got a gun to do literally anything, you had to put a $2,500 rifle scope on it, then it'd be <laughs> ridiculous. It's just, it's silly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Look at us. We're telling you to spend less, less money. Less money. I know it. Money. <laughs> uh, just buy more guns, though. You know, yeah. that's the yeah, that's, right? that's how we offset it. And buy more guns, you'll need more it. optics. <laughs> Bottom line, it. extending your effective range is a lot of fun. Yes, it yes. is. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Like you said, you get a little bonus over 10 minutes here. So, Quite a bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, like we said last time, I think it was just tell your boss. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to your boss if you've been sitting in the parking lot a little bit extra uh, on your drive in listening <laughs> to this one. So, we'll talk. Uh, yep. Thanks, everybody. Happy hunting and shooting out there. Bye bye. Okay. Bye.